Hey, this is Jim, and you're listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today's episode is one where we have a guest, which means you can see us on YouTube as well. And you can go to silentgym.com to get that link. If you're not watching us on YouTube already, if you weren't aware, we've got a bunch of episodes on YouTube. Now, most listeners listen to this show on audio only. So that's probably what you're doing right now, out doing what you're doing, thinking and driving or whatever it is that you are doing with your life while you're listening to our show. So, hey, be careful, be safe, but there's a lot of great tips coming up on today's show and you're going to want to take note of them uh, because we're dealing with someone who has been transitioning slowly from a professional career in the medical field over into full-time working on Amazon. And that transition uh, has been going really well lately. He just had a $100,000 a month recently and they just had an $800,000 year they're trying to get their margins up, but they've got really good, reasonable margins, as you're about to hear about as well. They're building a real business. And today's guest is uh, Spencer Carlson. He is in the nursing field, and he and his brother have built a great business together. And you're going to really enjoy listening to his story. He kind of starts with college when he was considering nursing and going through the process and goofing around on Amazon. And now that he's been out a while and he's got a family and some kids... He's made that transition over the past few years, and now he's getting more serious about it, even buying a warehouse. So it's a cool story. It's a very real story. We spent a little bit of time talking about the reality of doing business in the COVID era that we're in right now. What's it look like? What's it feel like from the perspective of a nurse who's on a floor that deals with COVID patients? So he's juggling both worlds, which is I just found fascinating. I could have spent a lot more time there, but... We keep bringing it back to business topics, as I like to do on this show, to, to make sure that we're giving plenty of good information to the business building warriors who listen to us every episode. So thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you for listening to this show. If you aren't spreading the word about silentgym.com, please, that's all you got to do to help pay for this show. We have zero advertising budget. We have very few advertisers because we're very strict about who will let on the show. And we just want to give you straight content. We love doing it that way. So if you could help us a little bit and help spread the word, that would be your way of paying us back for uh, all the good content we're bringing you, like what we're about to do right now. So let's get our guest on the show. You're going to appreciate hanging out with this guy and you're going to learn a ton, I promise. God bless you, business building warrior. Let's go. So Spencer, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's, it's an honor, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm ready to jump into your story. All right. So I first heard about your community back in 2017. I heard about it through my my brother, through my parents. So they, they got connected to somebody and went to a conference where somebody was talking about you. And they started working with the guy who was doing RA in our area. I live in Metro Detroit. And my my brother was like, hey, we should we should start doing that. And I was uh, in nursing school, just starting nursing school at the time and had no entrepreneurial aspirations. I'd never really envisioned myself doing anything in business or owning a business that wasn't on my radar. But I was like, eh, I could use some extra bucks while I'm you know, in school. Let's, let's give it a try. And so we started doing it pretty much pretty casually on the side, just going to Walmarts and doing the, the clearance aisle thing. And sure. we did that all of 2017, all of 2018, and wow. tried to kind of get into some uh, into some wholesale stuff. We, we um, my parents had access to the pack at that point, the proven okay. Amazon course, and so we kind of were like watching some videos through their account. And when I I graduated, started nursing, and um, was like, I really should not pretend to be able to do two things wholeheartedly at the same time. So I I basically in my head put it on the back burner for a year. And that was, I started in, what was that? Uh, 2018, fall of 2018. So I put it on back burner all the way until the fall of 2019 mentally when I um, came to the Proven Conference in down in near your area. Right. That was, yeah, fall of the last one that was in person. Yes, the last <laughs> time we were allowed to gather. <laughs> exactly. So my my brother and I came and we, um, we were actually there as uh, vendors at the time. He was kind of demoing an idea for a, a digital service. He had all the iPads with the cool graphics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, right. Okay. I, I stack up so many of these episodes. Sometimes I forget. Yeah. You and I had a great conversation about that recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Brilliant concept. But 
Yeah. So you were just kind of there as a potential vendor. And I didn't realize that you had that strong nursing background, or at least I'd forgotten. That's phenomenal that you were doing this during school and you were just doing the, you were doing the whole approach of finding clearance aisle items. Mm -hmm. Before we get away from that part of the story, like break that down for me numerically. Like how many hours were you spending doing it? What did it put in your pocket? You know, you're a student, you're, you know, obviously it's a pretty heavy course load. I'm assuming, you know, what, 15 hours or so in a semester and in doing this job on the side, like break that down for me just a little bit before we get into the rest of the story. Sure. So I'm married. I have three young kids at the time. I just had one, one young child and I was commuting about 30, 40 miles away to school. And then I would kind of hit up the retail stores in that town and then drive back to my town and kind of do the same. I didn't ever keep track of the hours, but it was probably on the order of 10 to 20 a week, depending on the week. You know, I never really got above 20. And all I was doing was the sourcing. I was looking for stuff in stores and we had kind of an arrangement where my brother was kind of processing it and sending it to Amazon. So we, (laughs) we didn't, neither of us have any business background prior to this whole experience. So we didn't have a very good bookkeeping. We didn't really, we didn't really take anything out. We just agreed upon, Hey, let's put in, you know, some money up front and see what we can do. And we didn't pull anything out that entire year, which was good because frankly, we couldn't have (laughs) either way. It was kind of just doing its thing and we were learning, but we really didn't make much money to speak of. I think that year, 2018, we, uh, I can't remember. We've sold about 30,000, I think for the whole year. I don't have any, any accurate numbers from exactly where we came out. That's okay. And I'm, I'm glad it didn't burn you out on the whole concept. And I'm glad you mentioned it too, because a lot of people have experienced what you just described. And when Mm -hmm. they do crunch the numbers, they start thinking to themselves, hmm, $15 an hour, you know, or that was $12 an hour, or, or you know, at, at its peak, what you, the business model you just described <laughs> can get up to 20 or $30 an hour, which mm-hmm. you know, it's not too bad for controlling your own schedule. Some people do better than that, but that's, you know, middle of the bell curve territory for that model of just looking for clearance <laughs> items, scanning barcodes. But there's a lot of frustration there too. And I'm sure there's plenty of times where you walk into a store and you walk out 45 minutes later with nothing. And that's very deflating too. Yes. That that's, happens. that's right. We all know that feeling if we started with that <laughs> model. And, and you know, that don't be discouraged, warrior. It gets better. And, and your story gets better mm-hmm. too, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. um, all right, let's keep going through it. Yeah. So, so that was all of 2018. And we kind of continued on the same thing in 2019. I was, I was a new nurse. I was focusing there, working full-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother obviously was working full-time. He has a young family as well. So it was really late summer 2019 when we said, hey, you know, what are we doing here? What do we want to go for? And he was really excited about um, pursuing this digital idea that he'd been working with because that's really his, his training areas, this sort of digital arts stuff. So we gave that a shot. We're at the conference and talked to a lot of people. And, and he, he learned, you know, hopefully someday you can talk to him. And he, he learned like the service he had imagined isn't quite something we're prepared to deliver due to the complexity. And it may or may not be a something that there's a huge demand for, but, but in the audience that we have access to and the skill sets we have, it wasn't a great fit. So yeah, it wasn't the right we, idea at the right time, but I think exactly it does have its day coming. So we can talk offline about that. No need to dive into those weeds, but uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of set that aside. And the takeaway I had from coming to the conference was, wow, I'm, I'm not really doing this as hard as I thought I was, you know, to be honest, I came with this sort of unspoken uh, thought in my head that Wow, you know, I'm doing two or three thousand dollars a month in sales. Of course, I don't know exactly what my margin is, but I'm thinking, oh, that that must be pretty good, right? And then it felt like every person that I talked to in in breaks between sessions was talking about how they were doing fifteen thousand dollars, you know, a month on like after their kids went to bed. And I was like, oh, it was a very humbling experience and a great a perspective changer for me to see there are a lot of people who are doing this full time, like as a career building real businesses. And that's not what I'm doing. And if that, if that is what I want to do, I have to change some things. Sure. So I actually had a, like a three hour conversation missed almost half a day. Cause I was on the phone in the parking lot with my wife, just talking about, and we ended up signing up for the coaching at that event mm. and kind of doing that mental switch. Um, right. where I went from saying, you know, this is a side business. I had, I had just hit the one year anniversary at my job and had given myself the space to step back and say, 
uh, is this working? You know, what's not working? Am I interested in pursuing something else? And I, I came away saying, yeah, I think I'd like to give this a shot. Um, and it's going to take real commitment. Um, and that's really, that's like the turning point <laughs> for when, when things started to, to ch- take off. In the parking lot with your wife on the phone, did either one of you bring up how much money you'd just spent on nursing school? <laughs> Actually, I don't think so. That's interesting that you say that. <laughs> no, I'm just curious, like, because I know like getting a degree is no joke. And I mean, it, as a serious question, you know, at what point, it, was there a point in your mind where you're like, I just put a lot of time, energy, money and effort into this degree. I really prepared to mentally shift into something completely different. Yeah, that's definitely been a factor. And how hard is it still? I'm curious because we're not that far into the game. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm about two and a half years into my nursing career. So you still are doing nursing? I am, yeah. I'm oh, still okay. I thought you'd walked away from it. No, that that is in the plan for this year. Although nursing, the real advantage of nursing uh, uh, over and above a lot of corporate jobs is that nurses are in demand everywhere, right? So sure. I, I work in a hospital currently and I can go to virtually any hospital in the country and say, Hey, I'd like to cover some extra shifts if you guys need help. And, you know, with nurses being employed by the thousands, by most large medical systems, they always need somebody to cover a few shifts. So in the end, I look back on it and say, yeah, I kind of have this weird relationship with the fact that I spent a year and a half, you know, powering through a full-time nursing degree, but it's enabled me to really on-ramp into this sort of entrepreneurial side with a lot more flexibility than a lot of other positions would. Oh, I can yeah. Go. Well, good for you. And, and had I been coaching you at that point in time or anyone who's kind of, you know, done enough of this, seen enough of this kind of thing, I cringe a little bit when people just take the leap unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. There's times in life when you just got to take the leap. Sometimes where it's completely unnecessary and you do it just because you want to prove how determined you are, for example. You know? <laughs> so I'm kind of glad to sure. hear that you, you kind of gradually transitioned. You're, you got that flexible schedule. It's not a take it or leave it thing with nursing, I guess. Like you can say, hey, I'm not a 50 an hour a week guy. I'm a 25 an hour a week guy, right? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some other things. So that's, that's not bad. Maybe there's some other medical folks listening going, hmm, I, I think I could get into that. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge diversity in what, what positions are available. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I work. I wasn't aware. I thought it was an all or nothing thing with medical field for the most part. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, well, there's so many people doing it. There's a lot of different, <laughs> I, I always hear about interesting job things people are doing. Yeah, and you could move virtually anywhere in the country or maybe arguably the world. I would imagine that, that a U.S. education in the medical field makes you very valuable even globally. So you guys could take this business with you and take your, your nice resume with you. And you've got a lot of options, don't you? I think so. I haven't looked at anything uh, beyond the U.S. borders, but I, it, I think it's fair to say that with a, a license in good standing, there's a lot of people who are looking for that that qualified yeah. help. So and it, it's all kind I, of know, off topic. I'm just excited. Yeah, to sure. A young family with a lot of options. I mean, that's, <laughs> you guys have so many things ahead of you. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it, it's been fun. So to, to continue after after the conference, had you know, I had some talks with my wife. Obviously, talked to my brother, and we kind of agreed. All right, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this thing. So we we had looked at our, the wholesale accounts that we had. We have a couple wholesale accounts at that point. And we kind of crowdsourced some family funding and made some bigger purchases based on the sales data we had. Sent all that in for Q4 using a prep center, actually, because we, we were doing this all out of basements, obviously. And to say, hey, send me two pallets is sometimes something you can do at your house and sometimes just doesn't make sense. Um, right. So we, we kind of heard about prep centers at the conference, signed up for one, sent some stuff in and had our best, best Q4 by, by far. We sold about $90,000 last year. So we're, excuse me, 2019. Uh, and, and 40, 40 something of that was in Q4. So it was very clearly, you know, after the conference in September, it started putting in a lot more hours and it, it paid off. So start clearing into this year, we uh, we just continued selling in the maybe twenty to thirty thousand a month range instead of a year like we had been in twenty eighteen, and uh, I worked really hard on finally getting our bookkeeping in order, and we signed up with uh, an accounting firm and kind of said, all right, if we're going to do this, we need to make sure we're doing it right, and we know what's working and what's not, and bookkeeping is a huge part of that. So that was kind of just chugging along, good progress until uh, March when as uh, listeners will remember March 2020, things kind of went crazy. And that was personally a huge bump in the road for me because 
the hospital I was working at actually converted my my unit to be the first COVID floor in the hospital. Mm. And so I, I remember the day I walked in, they're like, oh, by the way, we're COVID now. And I was very taken aback um, with sort of that anxiety and uncertainty that everybody um, has gone through if they're- oh, Especially lived. in this first few weeks. I mean, we didn't right. know, is this a death sentence. Is this, you know, killing 5%, 10% of the people that get it? You know, where, where's the good data? And you're still going to work <laughs> treating folks with- with this new disease. So, you know, as a grateful American, thank you. Because uh, that would have been an easy time to say, hey, you know what? I got a young family. I'm out. But, but you plowed mm-hmm. through, man. So thank you for that. Well, yeah, you're welcome. It's, uh, it was, I didn't really think about stepping out. It was something that I, I, you know, did, I read what was available and I read the, the like administration documents on, hey, this is what we're going to do for precautions. And it, seemed like it made sense. <laughs> and, you know, my family still needed the income. So it was kind of like, all right, well, here we go. And we'll see what happens. The, uh, the precautions we ended up taking were my, my wife and kids moved uh, out with, into my parents' house for a few weeks. It ended up, you know, we just said until further notice and we'll keep talking. And it ended up being most of March and all of April. And they, they moved back in in May. Mm, um, wow. So that was a real bizarre time for me because... I mean, I went from, you know, being a dad of a couple kids to being like alone in my house, like completely alone. And that wasn't a thing that um, I was obviously expecting. And I was faced with that question of, all right, what do I do now? You know, I've made this big mental change to say, I'm going to focus on this business. And then now here, my job is becoming a very different demand psychologically and, and everything. And I didn't know how to process it, to be honest, emotionally. And so I kind of chose to just table it. I said, you know, there is, there's a time coming when there is going to be more data. And until that happens, I am where I am. And if I just put my head down and keep working on what I'm, what's important to be, you know, this business and going to my job and that those are the only things I can change. The only things I can control is what I, you know, what I do with the time. So I worked really hard. Or yeah, thank you. In March and, and April to all to everybody who kind of went to, I mean, you know, the guys stocking the shelves at, at Walmart were nervous during that. Oh yeah, and and some still, rightfully so, arguably so, in some cases, you know, depending on your age. And we've learned a lot about the disease now, mm-hmm. and I'm not one to to go off into those weeds for sure. sure. But <laughs> during those first couple months, I mean, you had to have your wife and kids leave out of precaution, and you're going into work. And you got people with this disease that's taking their life, you know, are all around you mm-hmm. uh, with the uncertainty of it. So, you know, that's, that's no joke, man. And, and um, you know, that's not typically the purpose of this show to get off into those kind of things. But these are real people with real lives and real decisions. And I love that aspect of, of what we do on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It was, it was a tough time. But knowing that I can't really change it and couldn't change, you know, I'm like, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that I worked hard and did a lot of introspection and I, I, I got our bookkeeping together during, during April. <laughs> I had a lot of time to sit and bang my head against it and learn, but you know, so there were some positive things that came out and, and our sales, like many people selling online, our sales just went through the roof because all of a sudden people were really, really looking for, for anything they could think of. We were fortunate to be largely selling in items that were considered essentials. And so we just had a, a green light from Amazon to continue shipping into FBA so we we sent a lot of stuff. I I wasn't really on site because my my parents and my brother were kind of doing a lot of the packing for us at that point. But it was um it was you know it got out came out the other side and things were I, I kind of felt like for the first time I looked at the numbers and I looked at the the real profit margins that I could see and I was like okay we have a business that has sales and I can tell you where we're at financially. That was a, for me a big turning point to feeling like I'm I'm not maybe not totally a fraud in this business building thing, you know, maybe this actually can work. Nice. And that was, you know, that's less than a year ago as we're doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. Uh, that those those light bulb moments started happening for you and you were kind of juggling both careers and your family's now moved back in with you, right? Things have stabilized (laughs) a little bit. You're not going to work nearly as nervous as you were back then, right? We've kind of got that dialed in a little bit. So now that life's kind of stabilized, you know, let's move into that next phase of, so, you know, if we're, if we're looking at the three phases of Spencer here, it's like, we don't really know what we're doing. We're kind of goofing around, getting my degree, then uh-huh. 
holy cow, COVID, and wow, this business has taken off, <laughs> but my family's not here. And then we got phase three, like where's life kind of settled now? Yeah, that's a great question. Over, yeah, over the summer, things have just kind of steadily, uh, well, they've, they haven't steadily anything. They've gone up and they've gone down based on, you know, what comes into stock and our sales have gone all, all over the place, but we've just kind of kept rolling with the punches and doing what every, a lot of people say you need to do when you're not in private label. And that's keep finding new things to sell because the landscape changes. Uh, so we've done, we've done that and my family's back, back at home, which I'm very grateful for. I went part-time at the hospital this fall. So I work there a couple days a week now and have like, you know, a couple good business days per week to work on the business. Been talking with my brother about timelines for when, when he's going to be able to do the same thing. And he's kind of negotiating with his employer, what, what might work for that. So we're, we're looking at, we're aiming to have both be hopefully by the end of this year, both be fully, fully involved in the business as our, as our primary or sole source of income. And we were able to get uh, sign a, a warehouse lease, which was a huge step for us because um, we were looking around and all these, all the warehouses in our area were super above what we were comfortable with. They all wanted a three to five year lease. <laughs> we're like, I'm not sure I'm willing to sign on the dotted line for, you know, a lease that's more than the value of my house. Cause I don't really know where this is going still. And I don't, yeah, you know, I don't right. want that for five years, right. but we found someone who was able to willing to work with us. And, um, we're just kind of moving into the next stage of putting our, putting our full, full attention into it. That's phenomenal. And your brother works full-time still then? What, what he does. You do? So he's still working um, in digital animation. So he's he's been working from home okay. since so that since same March. Then when he presented some ideas uh, to us, correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. He still likes what he does overall, but he's very he's more passionate about the business side, and he's he's really kind of flipped that switch as well. And so it's been it's been really great for us to be able to be on the same page. And I wanted to, I wanted to comment actually, like. Yeah, sure. A lot of your listeners are are couples, right? They run they run these businesses as husband wife or or something similar, sure. one household, and that's been one thing that we've found has been really different in our experience is the challenges of trying to run a business with two households. There's um, just a lot of different math that has to go into it. With how big does this thing have to be before we can go full time, and uh, how are we going to allocate the responsibilities? And it's not as simple when you're all, well, you know, when you're living in two different cities and you have to coordinate it by phone, and you know, two different household dynamics and family expectations. And there's there's been a lot that we've been working through, and I'd say we're not we're not quite there as far as getting it all smoothed out, but. Yeah, that's a great thought process to go through, actually, because, you know, Dave Ramsey, typical advice might be, you know, don't do a partnership until it's absolutely necessary. But we're talking about your brother. You guys kind of started at the same time. You're not going to compete against each other. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it might make sense to have more of a cooperative arrangement versus a we're all in the same boat arrangement. And we're not going to dive into the, the weeds of that decision right now. But uh, there's a lot of benefits to running separate businesses that are fully cooperating with each other mm. because what if one of you wants to take three weeks off? Do you have to get an okay from the other guy? Well, no, if it's your own business, you don't, <laughs> but you're always there for each other. You can always help each other out in, in creative ways, but it might be time to say, Hey, you know, let's transition thing into two different separate businesses. We both take advantage of the same warehouse, but we pay for our use of that warehouse as separate businesses. For example, there's ways to do it. And that way, if one of you wants to work really, really, really hard and go all in and get the kids involved, sky's the limit. You don't have to split everything 50-50 and figure out all the math. Because that can be tricky. Sure. Because life changes, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying this advice specifically to you. You guys may work this deal out and there's exceptions to every rule. But in general, you know, talk to anybody who's been in accounting for more than 30 years, any accountant for more than 30 years and say, talk to me about partnerships. The first thing they're going to do is put their face in their palm and like, please don't, <laughs> please just don't. Because there's only two things that happen. One, they fail and two, they fail miserably eventually. You know, it's just like, you know, there's the exceptions, like I mm -hmm. said, but figuring out how to maybe separate it out. And that's a, that's a good cautionary, you know, note out, you know, just cause you got a good friend from high school or a family member, whatever. Don't call it a partnership. One of you works for the other one. One of you owns it. And one's paid for, work and performance. And the other one owns the end result as the ideal way to do this thing. 
Mm. Uh, maybe the three of us can talk through some time how to, you know, I'd be happy to spend some time with you and your brother and think it through with you guys. Um, because, you know, life hands us seasons and changes. And, you know, one of you is going to get an itch to go hike the Grand Canyon for three months. And the other one's going to be like, what? You, you want me to run everything now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm Those I things do. happen. So. That's really interesting. I hadn't. I don't think we've considered kind of separating and doing and making two entities. That's a. It's an interesting thought. There's the one thing. Cooperating entities. Something to yeah. consider a discussion yeah. for another day, perhaps. Sure, sure. There's actually there's a book that I wanted to just mention since we've been we've been reading it and really enjoying it. It's. Um, yeah. I'll hold it up, but you can kind of link to it. It's called the Partnership Charter by a guy named David Gage. I was looking on Amazon and this was, that was the best resource I found on just somebody who had worked through a lot of partnership conflicts and, and helped people get off on really sturdy footing. So if there's anybody, you know, in your audience who is in a similar situation, that would be something that I would recommend that as we've been. Yeah. I love a nice balanced. Hey, there's, you know, like I said, there's always an exception to every rule, but I tend to fall more in the camp of slow, very cautious. And, you know, I've, I've been in partnership with a with a good number of people mm-hmm. and the terms I just have to be very clearly defined who does what who's in it for who you know who's you know what's who gets what and uh yeah it's a whole different topic we could dive off into the weeds on but it, it affects a smaller percentage of our audience I would suspect a lot of sure. people in our audience are doing it with their spouse for example that's a very common arrangement or on their own and they kind of built a team of friends and family and built up that network but there's exactly. kind of one person that owns the account Whose whose name is the account in? Is it in both of you? Do you set up an entity? It is. Yeah, we have an LLC and we're a, it's a joint help. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We'll talk another time, man, because I'd love to ask you guys some challenging questions that I think sure. are out of your situation. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. I'm sure I know he would too. Yeah, let's do it, man. Some other time, I mean. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're not going to get him on the line right now. I'm sure there's a handful of listeners that we wish we would just get your brother on and hammer through that topic right now. But for like the, the broad stroke topic, you know, let's stick to the Amazon tips and growth strategies and that sort of thing. That that, that makes sense. Yeah. For. So what's working well for you? Give me some numbers right now. What's your business look like? Yeah. So we are, um, we actually hit 100,000 for the first time in December of, of 2020. So that was a very exciting milestone. We've been working really hard towards that. We so did not month, ship for the month of correct twenty twenty hundred thousand yep. sales. What was your ROI? Or give me some numbers now that you're a, a data crunching nerd. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> we we sold a little over eight hundred thousand for the year. Uh, our margin was like just under twelve percent. So definitely not as good as some people will do with some of the replens model or some of the R eight activities. But we are primarily wholesale and what we do pretty simple as far as we don't ever have to go to any stores to get anything. And that, that right. works for our current, our current, you know, lifestyle. So we've kind of made some strategic decisions to be not in the retail stores, buying things. And, you know, every time I listen to one of your podcast episodes about somebody who's killing it with replens, I think, ah, maybe we should, maybe we should get out there and do some of that. Well, but uh, hire shoppers. I've got a that's true. shopping right now for us, man. You don't that's have to true. be the one doing it. <laughs> we can help you with that. I think it's a powerful combination. It's really a diversified approach. You guys kind of skipped. You, what you did is you started at the, at, at the foundational level where a lot of people start and kind of get burnt out and frustrated, which is you know, clearance aisles, basically. Mm-hmm. There's some money there, but it, it can get burnt out very quickly. Replans is, an, if you're willing to do that, man, replans is a gold mine. But we often say, hey, of those valuable replans that you're finding, that stuff that's moving fast, contact a distributor, get the wholesale going. You guys kind of skipped over and went straight to the wholesale step. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, just like you observed when COVID first hit, that wave hasn't, I mean, it's slowed down a little bit, but there's, there are millions of people, tens of millions of people that are saying to themselves, hey, I'm not going back into a store. And so the common stuff that people are typically pulling off the store shelves, they're ordering off Amazon now and they're willing to pay a lot more for it. So there's there's big opportunity there. That's another topic we might need to talk about. Sure. <laughs> without going into retail stores yourself, if you don't want to, you know, hire those shoppers. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought. There, I, I love how versatile it is. How many different ways there are to do it. And oh, yeah, so what many. we've what we've really had the most success with is basically finding finding keywords that have really high traffic and finding ways to um, to supply them with a, a better value listing using using bundles primarily from our wholesale suppliers. Pretty 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 rudimentary like. We do use, we use Keepa, but one of the other software tools we use is Helium 10 at this point. And right. um, that's been well worth it because we, 
we go in there and use some of their research tools to find, well, we've some of the, basically we went, went through some of these wholesale catalogs, just kind of down line by line for what they had to offer and looked at what was available on Amazon, much like somebody would do in a store aisle going, you know, item by item looking for brands. And we said, Oh, well, this one's selling pretty well. Or well, this one's selling really, really well, but that's a pretty, pretty bad listing really. Or I, we could do a lot better than that. Somebody's saying they're charging, you know, $15 for two of them. Like, well, we could buy three of them and sell it for $15. And, you know, we'll kind of do something like that, make a new listing. And that's really been where we've really hit some traction is found some keywords that are really relatively underserved, but fairly high traffic and just tried to create some unique bundles with content that keep other sellers from I love that on and driving the price down. You're getting it. So you're the only one on a lot of your listings. It sounds like at this point, almost all of our best listings are like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So it's all the benefits of private label without having to go out and create a new product. Yes. (laughs) You're kind of in between that stage of, you know, because if you're looking at the pyramid of how we kind of teach things around here, we've hit the first three, three tiers, you kind of pull in wholesale after wholesale, you kind of start getting into private label where, where one of those products is just, you know, they, have you heard the, uh, you know, the 80, 20 rule? Yeah. Well, that's fractal. And I understand, I first understood what that meant, you know, a couple of years ago reading through, but you know, of that, so 20% of your ASINs are giving you 80% of your results, right? Well, if we look at that high performance, 20%, the same thing holds true in that top 20% of your tiers, 20% of those are giving you 80% of your results in your top 20. So you eventually get down to where you're dealing with a handful of ASINs that are really your big performers that are doing most of the heavy lifting. And those are the ones that you can go deep and go, hmm, I bet there's a private label opportunity here. Now, in some cases, it won't be. It's like in a million years, we couldn't come up with a better mousetrap than this mousetrap that's selling like crazy (laughs) for us right now. We're not even going to try it. It's too technically complex or the EPA would be involved or, you know. But in other cases, it's going to be like, wow, we could sell this spatula spoon set with our own brand on it. And it's selling like crazy for someone else. Why can't we just put our own name on it? So those products will eventually float. And those are your private label. That's what we call the organic private label approach, where you just kind of wait to see what floats over time. And you kind of dive into that territory with those keywords. Mm-hmm. So you guys are positioned well. I imagine there might be a few things in there already that you guys could kind of start going down that path with. And now you're not buying it from somebody else. You're having it manufactured yourself. That's when the margins get really nice and you're not guessing. Right, right. Because some of these we've been selling for a couple of years now, we've seen, hey, you know, these are the keywords that we're ranking for. These are where our sales are coming from. I kind of know. Yeah, that, that, I think there are some options like that. And that's one yeah. that's on our list of things to explore this year. I love it. And as you need some help with trademark branding, that sort of thing, call our coaching office. We've got help. We can help you out there. One of the other things we're super excited about, I actually was just talking with our coaching director yesterday about this, but we're getting it locked in right now. And this is kind of a teaser for you, for a lot of the listeners too. You're talking about bundles. You can put brand registry on top of your bundles. Meaning even if someone is able to get a hold of the same items that you got, you can brand register. Even if it's generic items, you know, name brand items that someone else made, you can create a unique bundle, put brand registry on it, create content, video content, beautiful book. Really? Get discounts on your pay-per-click as part of this program. Yeah, it's coming. We've actually been talking with Amazon and we've made some friends. They're exposing us to a program that's rolling out and we're going to be some of the first to roll that out. Uh, and, wow. and that's about all the teaser I can give you on a, a publicly <laughs> broadcast, but you're going to want to pay attention to that when it comes out. Of course, you know Lisa and Jenny, if it hasn't released by the time listeners and viewers are seeing this episode, they're working on our next bundling course. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Let me make myself a note here. As a module of that, we're going to introduce this concept of how you can get brand registry on bundles, even if it's generic products. Okay. That's Beautiful. incredible. That would be yeah. that would be huge. So you don't have to worry about competition. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You now totally wow. yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal because Amazon's making a big push towards that, you know, they want those beautiful listings with video and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. If you can go through the work of doing that, hey, we're gonna lock you in. This is your listing. So wow. it's coming. That's cool. Yeah, we we went through a lot of the bundle uh, module and found it very helpful. Um, I, know, I know it's in the proven Amazon course, and that was yeah, we're, we're that, we got a lot of questions. As we're recording answered. this, uh, you know, coming up on mid February, 
2021, you know, we're getting ready to re-record that as a, it's a class that's launching. I'll get you in for free since you were a guest on the show and we'll get you into that so you can go through it because you're doing a lot of bundling yourself. And for the listeners too, the link will be in the show notes for our bundling. It's a, it's going to be presented as live classes, but you can catch the recording okay. as well. We'll stick the link in the show notes for everybody at silentgym.com. Yeah, exciting. So, so you, you shared a few numbers with me. Uh, how's 2021 going so far? 2020 was, was pretty solid. Yeah, we're, um, we're about at the same spot. We were a little over 80,000 last month, but we had some, some complexities with, we were leasing a very short-term warehouse space from a, basically a family friend, just, Hey, can we have a corner of your, of your building sort of thing? Um, so we shipped out a ton. That's, that's how we were able to have such a successful Q4 and, we said, all right, let's look at the numbers and we'll just, we'll set some of this money aside and kind of as insurance that we're not going to crash and burn and not be able to pay our lease bill. So we've been really working on just getting, getting things set up in there. You know, you have this giant open room and it's very exciting, uh, but there's a lot of work to be done, <laughs> just <laughs> rearranging things. So yeah, we've been digging into desk, that. The stuff you don't think of. Exactly. I think like Amazon, when they first started setting up their spaces, they were using doors as desks and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, don't go out and buy everybody a thousand dollar desk, man. That's my tip. <laughs> you know, you got to make you got to make those dollars go far when you're setting your your place up. Don't don't get excited about the uh, the decorating budget. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's good advice. Nick nickel and dime your way into this thing, uh, and just you know find the cheapest workable solution for everything. Uh, and over time, you can improve your processes and systems. But yeah, that that's beautiful. It, it amazes me how many people in this community are taking that leap into getting space. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, a big step for us. We're excited. It's an, you know, another step towards, I I'd say I, I have fully um, let go of that sort of back of the mind anxiety that, you know, you have no idea what you're doing. You can't do this. You know, I'm sure everybody has had that voice and, I think there's a lot of truth to say, no, I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> but right. the fact is it's working. So yeah. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to stay the course and be, you know, persistent and see where it goes. Proceed with, you know, with humble confidence, knowing that the information you need is going to be there. Uh, it's kind of a contrast to, uh, I would think like in, in nursing school, I got to imagine they were saying, okay, here's the 50 scenarios you might see in an ER. There's a thousand other ones too, by the way, but these are the 50 most common and you're going to learn them all kind of thing, right? Whereas with this business, and it was like just in case kind of learning, like mm -hmm. you may not ever see this, but if you ever have a kid with a, you know, with a pee in his ear, like here's the equipment, you know, like <laughs> just in, and you, you go your whole career and it never happens, but just in case you learned all those things, right? Well, mm -hmm. this is kind of the opposite where it's just in time. It's like, Hey, we're in a warehouse now. Let's go find somebody that knows how to do this warehouse thing and let's step through this, right? It's not like yeah. you sit down and read books for three years because <laughs> those are the people get left in the dust. You got to kind of plow forward and learn as you go, just in time. Contact That's that exactly expert right. just in time when you need them. And mm -hmm. you implement those ideas right when you need them. And the, the content is there. That's the beauty of this community is there's always someone who's just a couple steps ahead of you and willing to help. You don't need yeah. it at all. It, because I've been doing this, you know, for 20 plus years now, and I definitely don't know it all. I'm learning every day. That's the journey. <laughs> and it keeps changing. So, <laughs> Oh, the rules change constantly. And that's the beauty of it. You know, that's what allows those of us who persist and are willing to learn to continue to succeed. That's, that's the only skill set you need. Willingness to continue learning. Unafraid of change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. So how big is your team? Yeah, you and your so, brother. Yep. My brother and I, my parents are actually very involved with us. They, they both help us part-time and they, so they started, you know, they really were the reason we heard about uh, selling on Amazon. That's and right. then after that. a year or so of their adventure, they said, ah, we don't really want to do this hustle. They were doing the clearance style thing. And they said, we don't really want to do this long-term. And we said, neither do we, but we think there's another way we can make it work. And um, they've been helping us do a, doing a lot of just sort of yeah, a lot, a lot of packing, shipping, and administrative. They fill in the gaps when we when we need help. So we are super thankful for them. And then we just hired one other person part time. I think we could have done full time, but he wanted to just slow roll it and see how it goes. So there's a five of us total, and um, I think we could add one more part time just based on the volume that we're doing. But we'll, we'll see where things go. Yeah, for sure. In the as your business grows, I'll give you the 
the hiring advice. And you may have heard me say this because we had a great phone call. It's, it's been several weeks ago and I'm remembering details of that call. I'm, I'm kind of glad I forgot some details because it's helped <laughs> me answer a lot of questions I wouldn't have asked otherwise and just assumed like, hey, you and I already talked about that, but I'm remembering it now. I've had a lot of phone calls since then. But one of the, one of the pieces of advice I hope I didn't give you already about hiring people is some of the first people you should hire aren't the people to do the stuff that they're, it's kind of inconvenient. You know, because you've heard me say, do the things that only you can do. Well, that's only true once you're profitable enough to justify passing. Until then, you're wearing all the hats. So the first person you buy is someone that puts more money in the bank. Someone who's calling all these wholesalers, who's going through the catalogs, who's finding profitable items. Maybe it's a replens shopper, you know, but it's someone who's putting money in the bank, finding new opportunity, not someone that's a convenience hire. Because- sure there's an endless number of those that you could possibly bring onto the team. <laughs> sure. Right. And you think, Oh, I'm, I'm working myself out of a job, but really all you're doing is trimming into your margins and slowly killing it. You want someone that's beefing those margins up. That's the hires you want to make early on for sure. True. True. This is a little advice as you're considering some of these folks and, and everybody's, everybody should be on the margin building team early on too. finding new products, you know, more efficient ways to do things, uh, and that, that's how you grow, man. Because I'm rooting for you guys, man. You've got a beautiful system. You've got a beautiful foundation. And it, it's super exciting. So what cities do you guys live in? You said you guys live in different cities. Yeah, uh, my brother lives in Ypsilanti, which is near Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I live out Metro Detroit area. Right, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, that's cool. So, so not, not crazy far apart, but far enough no. that you don't do dinner together all that often. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Anyway, we're, yeah. we'll see. As you said, seasons change and yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Well, what other tips and strategies might you have for the listeners? If there's anything that you wanted to share with everyone that you kind of had on your mind, I love the book suggestion. You know, what else, if you had the microphone for a few minutes, might you share? Sure. I think speaking to, you know, to the, the, the place I was at before I came to the proven conference in 2019, the biggest thing that I, I hadn't been asking is like, what do I really want out of this? What am I really willing to commit to this? I had been kind of playing that, that lukewarm toying with the idea game for, for the whole time. Right. And it was like, yeah, this is a side gig. It's working, but it was it, you know, I didn't, I hadn't really, I didn't know what I was trying to get out of it. So, I, you know, I think if somebody can ask themselves and ask their spouse or whoever they're in business with, what are we really trying to accomplish? And how hard are we willing to, really willing to try, whether that's in time or money or, or any of those things? Um, getting an answer to that, I think, is really helpful because I just I had been kind of avoiding the question and just assuming that things were good. And they were, but they didn't change <laughs> until I asked the question. That's the that's the big thing. And then as far as the nuts and bolts of what we're really doing business wise, you know, I remember seeing posts on the Facebook group and thinking, oh my gosh, these people are doing a hundred thousand a month. You know, I, I was very, very impressed by um, Abe Bordelani and a lot of his, his stuff when I was at the conference and the dude is still killing it. But it's interesting to see, we hit a hundred thousand one month, right? And to think in my head, the visions I had and how, how completely impossible that must be. Right. And then to realize, wow, we did it. We and they really- it. Where are all the rainbows and unicorns, right? <laughs> exactly. The only thing we really changed was we just kept on doing what was working and trying to improve what wasn't working. So I, I'm really amazed at how much persistence really seems to be one of the biggest factors because the Amazon world, you know, part of the frustration is that it's changing so fast, right? Their rules are changing, the the in the even the interface is changing, the layout is changing, all this stuff. But that means there are constantly new opportunities available. The landscape is always changing. And that's for me what has convinced me that no, it's not about to be saturated is because look, there are new countries that you can sell in. There are there are new ways to sell all these products. And so a person who comes to it with that persistence and that sort of indomitable spirit, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I think it's just a matter of time before you find something that works. Cause that's, that's how our most successful products have come into our catalog. It's like, wow, that one, that one worked. <laughs> let's, let's try something else that's similar to that. Nothing more genius than that. It was really trial and error. And so Get out there and try, right? Make some errors. Just make them not that's crazy fantastic. expensive. Yeah, and you just said something, Spencer, I want to key in on just a little bit. You said, you know, there's opportunity in every change. And 
I'm a fan of the Hebrew language. And one of the things I learned was that the word for change, even the most devastating kind of difficult change that we might ever face as humans, even in those horrible changes that we didn't want, there's always opportunity. The words overlap very well and the concepts blend very well. Like it, there's, it's impossible to name a change that doesn't present opportunity unless of course you're dead. <laughs> That's a change as sure. no further opportunities on this side of life. But any other change short of that is opportunity. It's a new platform. It's a new perspective. It's new partnerships and relationships. It's a new chance to prove that you can pick yourself up and dust yourself off. There's opportunity in every single change. Not that we like hearing right. that when we've just gotten body slammed. Uh, I heard one, uh, it was a great, uh, it was a black minister who said, if you get knocked down, try to land on your back because at least you'll be looking up. And if you can look up, you can get up. I'm like, oh, that's good. Huh. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So every change re represents opportunity, man. Um, but yeah, you're feeling it. And that's why I call us business building warriors. You know, you're going to bear the battle scars and the wounds and in that journey from $10,000 a month to $100,000 a month, there's some stories in there. There's some sleepless nights. There's some, why did we just buy 300 units of that? What are we going to do? <laughs> It's like, where do we put this stuff? We're out of space. You know, those moments happen. There's a spouse saying, hey, you said you're going to be home at six. It's nine. What's going on, right? There's juggling. So there's a lot of little battle scars that go into this business. And, and we're not looking to sugarcoat anything. That's right. But it is a beautiful thing. It's one of the reasons I was just sharing with one of our new coaches today, Spencer, just to kind of go off on another little tangent. If all I know about somebody is they've built a successful, profitable business over an extended period of time, that's all I know. I can know, like, and trust that person very quickly mm. because I know what it takes to get those battles. <laughs> now, if you tell me you've been in public service or politics for 20 years, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know who I'm dealing with yet. <laughs> Probably sure. not real excited, to be honest with you. But you tell me you've built a profitable business, the odds of us knowing, liking, and trusting each other are very, very high mm. because I know what it takes, man. And uh, it takes persistence and it takes truly caring for your customers and it takes risks and, and juggling yeah. family and you know, keeping things in proper priorities. So well done, man. Well, what are the lessons? Anything else come to mind that you have that you want to share? Not to put the spotlight back on you, but you know, because we can certainly wrap this up and have a great episode at this point, but what else is on your mind? You know, I'm not sure. I have a lot of other concrete things to add. Um, <laughs> That's quite I would right. love, except the one thing is I would love to connect with people in this community a little more. That's been that sort of uh, creeping sense of isolation, I think, is something that a lot of people who have felt the the shrinking social networks can relate to. And one of the things that as I'm looking at stepping further out of my hospital social connections, I'm thinking, man, I'd like to make connections with people who are doing business. So if there are listeners in the Southeast Michigan area, Metro Detroit area, hey, I'd love to meet up, talk. Restaurants are open again here. Woohoo! So, um, go to you know exactly. I, I I just love to make more more meaningful connections down the road with people who are doing this sort of thing because it, it can be hard, I think, or or easy that is to be isolated, um, yeah. just always on email, and you know that only goes so far. Yeah. The default setting as humans, when we kind of get a little lazy about things is to drift into social isolation and COVID has given us all a big shove in that direction. Right. So it's even harder to resist the forces that are working against, but you have to have, I mean, it's, it's as simple as this for those who haven't heard me say it before, you know, you can give me the most battle hardened, mentally, physically, spiritually tough soldier, Navy SEAL, Marine, whatever, special forces guy. And I can break him in about four days, put him in a box, turn off the lights. He's broke, you know, give him food and water. That, yeah. I'm not saying starve the guy to death, but just zero human interaction. He's, he's done. He's toast. He'll tell you anything you want to know. He'll beg for mercy because we're made for socialization. Yet we do that to ourselves unintentionally at times. We're like, well, I haven't talked to another human in a few days. And you think that's awesome. We all need that little quiet time break. I'm not saying quiet times are bad. I'm saying extended lengths of time away from other human beings is bad. <laughs> it's a very bad thing yeah. psychologically. Uh, it'll, it'll drive us all crazy. And I, maybe that's why the world is a little crazy, feels a little crazy right now is because <laughs> we are going to be gathering in groups and you guys heard Spencer's offer. If you live in that area, man, reach out to him, say something, set up. And it can be done virtually like, like we're doing right now over Zoom. That can be a very powerful thing to at least yeah. gather. It's nowhere near as good as getting together in person. You know, because there, and this is more borrowed Hebrew wisdom, but 
the most powerful interaction is face-to-face. And then you get what we're doing right now. And then if we turned off the video, that's the next step where it's just audio only. And then Mm -hmm. you get into text, real-time type, you know, correspondence. And then you get email where we're kind of pausing between communications. And then you get the written letter. Yeah. (laughs) Great thing to have, (laughs) but it takes a long time to form a relationship that way. If you can get face-to-face, the speed of trust accelerates. There's a velocity yeah. there that's unlike all the other forms combined. And you can really do some, some you know, because body language is 70% of communication, as we all know, right? So you do the math. Or you remove body language from the <laughs> scenario, the less you're able to effectively build relationships. So just, you know, I felt like jumping on that soapbox too, man. Sorry, all these little lessons today, but I've studied yeah. the Hebrew culture a lot. And these are some things I pulled out of that, uh, that culture over the past seven, eight years. But yeah. Well, you did a great job, Spencer. Really appreciate you being here. I think you've encouraged a lot of folks and you're, you're very well, real, very genuine. Thank you for your service, uh, you know, on the front lines of this crazy disease that we're still figuring out a year later. <laughs> uh, but you're here, you're healthy, you're safe, your family's okay. So, you know, thank God for that, man. We're blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's great having you here, man. And for the listeners who hung out with us a little bit today, thank you for giving us your time. It's a very valuable asset that you loaned to us today. We're appreciative of that and take us up on our offer to be a part of our community. You know, maybe not a mastermind with Spencer, but maybe some other folks in our community that live near you jump into our Facebook group. It's free right now. We're coming up on 64,000 members, silentgym.com. That's where we all hang out all day around the world, around the clock helping each other out, answering questions, not just with Amazon, but with all kinds of e-commerce and business building ideas. So come on in and and grow with us. It's a bunch of business building warriors. It's a community of leaders, is what I call it. I'm honored to be a part of it. And uh, Spencer's in there and his family. And that's where we hang out. So come join us. All right. God bless the business building warriors. We'll have another great episode for you again with another great guest real soon. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentGym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.